This podcast is brought to you by Kingdom at Work. If you're a business owner or executive level leader looking to advance God's kingdom at work, sign up for one of their 2019 workshops at www.kingdomatwork.com slash events. Kingdomatwork.com slash events. Hey, welcome to I Work For Him this afternoon as we broadcast you from San Antonio, Texas. That's right, Jim. We are at the headquarters for C12. And for people that have listened to our shows or maybe they're new today, you can check them out at c12group.com. And this is just an amazing uh, location that we're here at, and we are getting today, I know you're going to introduce them, but um, getting to dig into a little bit of the behind the scenes at C12 headquarters. That's right. But in the meantime, we'd really love for you to check us out online, iworkforhim.com. That's iwork, the number four, him.com. Please consider becoming a supporter of iworkforhim. This show needs to get across the nation because we are told from people all, all over the country as we travel that, wow, when can we get you guys on the air here in our city? Consider becoming part of our support team. Go out to iworkforhim.com, look, click on the Donate Now tab, and look at all the options that you've got. We just love for you to be a consistent giver, whether it's $10 a month or $100 a month, whatever you can give to help support the ministry, we would love to see it. That's iwork, the number four, him.com. You know, it's one thing to run a kingdom organization. It's entirely another thing to make sure your people feel loved and appreciated and understand the significance of the call on that organization and the call on their lives as employees. Today, we go behind the scenes at C12 Group's world headquarters and as mike Sherrill calls it the intergalactic headquarters of c12 group right here in san antonio texas we're talking with three key people here to see how they see the vision of c12 impacting the world and their own world we're going to ask some tough questions and we're going to see how god's working within this incredible kingdom company that's focusing on developing marketplace leaders who love the lord their families and their people they call them kingdom Companies, kingdom, leaders who create kingdom culture and advance the kingdom of God. Today in studio, we've got Vince Williams, we've got Whitney Hooper, and we've got Tony Tibbet. They're going to tell you what they do for C12, but first, we're going to ask them, of course, the question we always do. But first, welcome Vince, Tony, and Whitney. Thank you. Thanks welcome. for having us. Thank you. Are you excited to be here today? Yeah, You're not sure yet. They're still <laughs> not sure. They're still Talk not sure. Talk to them in an hour. <laughs> All, right. All right. So we've never done this with employees of C12 Group before. So this is going to be fun. We've had chairs on. We've had members on. We've had members' wives on. We've had uh, members' husbands on. We've never had any C12 Group headquarter employees. So here's a question we always ask every first-time guest. We always ask, how did you become a Jesus follower? So Vince, because you're to my right, why don't you tell sure. us, how did you first become, how did you become a Jesus follower? Sure. I, um... I remember uh, I gave my life to the Lord at an early age. I was about seven years old. <clears throat> but um, I did not immediately follow Jesus. Um, being so young, you really have no clue of really what you're getting into. You get that. Yeah. So um, much later in life, um, I had a fairly decent crisis moment. Um, and where I remember being in the middle of that and just recollecting on um, being in church and just things that had been taught to me and um, just some circumstances came about. And I remember in the middle of that the scripture in Matthew six came, um, if you build your house on the sand, when the wind blows, when the storms rise, it's going to, it's going to fall and great will be its fall. And I've definitely was feeling that, but if you build your house on the rock, um, then, then you'll stand, then you'll have a strong foundation. And I realized that everything that I was doing in my life up to that point was constantly just trying to manufacture my own life, to build my own life. Um, but I recognized that if I really wanted um, to have 
a strong uh, life and the trajectory, uh, a purposeful trajectory that I needed to um, build my house on, 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 on the rock, which is Christ and, and, and biblical principles. And so that was a turning point in my life. Um, coming back to um, a, a church, a community, and uh, recognizing the, the value and the importance of, of following Jesus. And that was uh, probably about 10 years ago or so. Um, so those verses, by the way, freak us out because we built a house on the sand, <laughs> <laughs> a literal house. Oh, wow. <laughs> so Whitney, how about you? How did you become a follower of Jesus? So I grew up in a pastor's home. My dad's a preacher. So, um, grew up in that world and accepted Jesus at a young age as well. My story is similar to Vince's and the fact that, um, accepted the Lord when I was eight and, uh, then just growing up in the church and, um, being in the leadership family, you kind of see a different side of the church at times. And um, <laughs> shocking. Said nicely, nicely by the daughter of a pastor. That's right. um, so that being said, I think I encountered what a lot of pastor's kids encounter and just experiencing some hurt um, from the church and kind of deciding, you know what, I could do my own thing. Um, so kind of took that path in life for a little while. And uh, I, after college, went back to my college town to work for the university for a little bit and uh, had a really close guy friend who um, was like, we were driving out to our small group and he goes, so tell me about your walk with the Lord. What's he teaching you right now? And I was appalled. I was like, that's personal. And he goes, is it? Because if you're truly walking with the Lord, you'd be excited to share what he's doing in your life. Wow. And wow. In your face. Yeah. Like, mic drop. Okay. <laughs> and so, Jaw drop. Yeah. Um, so... That really caused me to wrestle with how was I living my life and was I truly following Jesus or just keeping Jesus in a box and being like, well, I've got him, but, you know, I'm kind of controlling and kind of being my own God. Um, And so in that, coming to the awareness that I was not indeed following Jesus and um, so rocked my world and really set me on the path to be on fire for the Lord. Wow. That's, I love that. So that was a great story. Have you ever gone back and thanked him for asking you that question? All the time. Okay. Weekly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just want to make sure. I mean, that's one. Of, that's, a, that's a powerful question, and those are the kind of people you need to remind them. Thank you. The Lord spoke through you that day. Yeah. Those are good people. All right. So, Tony Tibbet, talk to us about how did you become a Jesus follower? Sure. Uh, well, first off, I'm honored to be here, and so thank you for that opportunity. Um, I think like my peers, um, I had the influence of growing up in a Christian home as well. Mm -hmm. And uh, I accepted the Lord as my savior when I was 14, uh, in a small church there where I grew up. Where'd you grow up? Uh, in Texarkana, Arkansas. Okay. And, uh, I believe I reached kind of that point from the perspective of the pastor. He, uh, he was relatively new, uh, there at the church, but he had some characteristics for me that just struck out even even at 14 years old uh first off i think he just had a genuine enthusiasm for the church our church family and um and his ministry and i think that was just really real and contagious for us all and that was a huge motivator for me uh but in saying that he also did not look at the church or his vocation as his identity and uh, I think he just felt and sensed uh, just a great reward in serving Christ. And I could just see that in him. It just resonated from him. Uh, he was also a very good listener. He made me feel like I was important and uh, just stopped and listened to, to me, uh, as well as just having a gentle and humble spirit about him. And so I, I tried to take some of those characteristics and uh, model those hmm. over the rest of my career. 
So Tony, at what point in time did you make that connection between your faith and your work? What, what was that? What was that incident like? Sure. Um, well, interestingly, and, and maybe sadly to a point, uh, that didn't really come until later in my career. Mm-hmm. Uh, up until about six years ago, uh, I had with my wife and probably leading through the lens of pride, uh, what I thought was an effective and vibrant ministry. Um, and I could really serve in that definition of what uh, an ambassador for him looked like. And kind of in parallel to that, I was also running and gunning uh, in a service-oriented business career. And uh, I was convinced that I was making a difference in the marketplace. Well, about six years ago, uh, I met a business owner that was just truly convicted uh, on the idea of his business. Uh, and his business was ministry for him. And uh, he was very passionately sold out on the interdependencies of those two silos. And uh, that was really a defining moment for me, kind of an epiphany. Um, I ended up joining his organization and then representing them as a member on a C-12 board here in San Antonio for three years. And I think that was just a catalyst for me uh, and more of a future calling to serve in the marketplace going forward. What was your job at that point in time? I was the general manager. Uh, Of a what? Of a window siding and door company. Okay. A window siding and door company. Okay. And so when you were there, that window siding and door company, was it encouraging you to live out your faith and your work? That, that was not even a concept that was being talked about? Uh, no, that's what drew me to them is um, um, in interviewing the, in, in I guess, uh, visiting with prior to coming on board the owner, uh, that was really the only thing that he was focused on in our interview and our conversation was where I was with the Lord and what my ministry looked like outside of so is business. that here in san antonio it is so like you know you know southwest exteriors that would be it that's fantastic we just we did a show with them He's just like, a few weeks ago that's right. that's right okay. so, <laughs> so that would be scott Barr and right. the southwest Excellent. exteriors team everybody yes. seems to know scott Barr all over san antonio we're talking with c12 group employees mike Sherrill's not in the room today so we get to find out the inside scoop but what's it look like behind the scenes working for a guy like mike Sherrill? we're gonna ask that question a little bit later on but first martha yeah, and I just want to say, you know, you say that in jest, but we one of the things that we have learned is that um, this is a very transparent organization, and that's why this is so much fun, because we can, you know, your guys are an open book, and um, we just want other people to hear and be encouraged by what you guys are doing here and um, how your leadership is leading you. So, Vince, tell us, um, is was there a point in time in your young life where you started to see that your faith and your work were connected? Yeah, um, that's a good question. I think um, there was a point in time in my life where I realized that what I was doing was not very purposeful. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I became... You know, I think we've all had jobs where you just do it because it's a job. <laughs> and we want a paycheck. <laughs> you know, and you need the money, right? That's right. Yes, and, we've all uh, done that. And so I was working. Um, actually, I was working at a bank, but I wasn't doing banking. I was doing, like, some back office um, stuff. And some other life circumstances were happening. But in the middle of me sitting at my desk one day, um, and I'd already given my life to the Lord. I'd already been. And I would literally go to work and just, like, write down scriptures and meditate and do all this stuff that wasn't pertinent to the actual job. And I realized, why am I doing this? This is not um, purposeful for me. It's not something that I'm really connected to. And um, it was one of those job placement things. It wasn't like I, you know. And so um, in the middle of that, I said, okay, why am I, why am I here? And I want to do something more meaningful. And 
actually what I decided to do was go back to school and I finished uh, my undergrad after after doing that. But doing my undergrad, I, I recognized some some things about myself as well. And that helped me to see, OK, what are what what has the Lord gifted me with? What are some things that have that are pointing me in a direction of of purpose and career? And so um, I think just that whole alignment, that realignment of, well, what are you doing right now? Why are you doing it? Is this meaningful? Is it connected to any kingdom value uh, for you? And and so so I don't know if it was like a direct thing that said, um, you know, connecting your work to, um, you know, your, your, faith, your faith. But it was really saying, you know, uh, um, analyze what you're doing. You know, think about what what you're doing right now and is it in any way uh, connecting to something that you believe is more um, purposeful and so just having that moment in my life and and then taking some steps to get out of that right and then mo- move so what did you get so, your undergrad in uh kinesiology which no way yeah love uh-huh. kinesiology wow. yeah. we'll talk after the show <laughs> yeah well i mean it does it kind of still ties into that because what i realized was though um i was finishing my degree in kinesiology uh, which was more like teaching and coaching uh, really what I what I was really driven for was discipleship because if you see coaching and discipleship you know they they parallel in really in in process um, and in you know implementation when you you know your coach you're really leading a team uh, you're really influencing their lives and so um, that was a, a moment for me um, to to recognize what you know some purpose for for the kingdom so but you, you did your undergraduate degree in kinesiology but you're not a chiropractor kinesiologist today so the lord clearly you got a different view of your calling after that yeah um to some degree i think um yeah i i don't do coaching uh immediately but i do see ways in which uh what i do now and just the trajectory that you know after that i went to grad school um and did for three years of seminary. And so um, that was still more steps in that whole recognizing purpose and recognizing passion uh, process. And so um, I think uh, doing that, you know, has kind of at least turned my my steps and and given me some more guidance in in the direction that I'm going. Whitney, what about you? At what point in time... In your life, did you make that connection between the fact that Jesus wanted you to walk with him all day long, especially at your work? That's a great question. I think for me, I probably have a really unique scenario with that. And the fact that growing up in ministry, you're, there is no separation of right. faith and work. And so um, we had an open door because we usually lived in parsonages. And so, so you really <laughs> literally had an open door. Yeah. <laughs> so people would stop by whenever they felt like it. Um, and so there just never was that distinguishing boundary in my head. Um, so I think in my mind, I've even had to go the opposite way and learn to like set boundaries of this is work and this is, it's still ministry and it still matters and it still has purpose, but it's okay to not have to work till nine o'clock at night to try Mm -hmm. and like, you feel like you never shut off the ministry and the mission of it. Um, so kind of through my career, I've been fortunate for the most part to work with Christian organizations, um, which I'm passionate about. And so it's really easy to forget those boundaries and feel like you're really, um, helping the mission but so i think it's it's very different from what most people have probably encountered with that 
um, work experience. That's a really unique perspective. But on the same time, the opposite is also true. In Christian organizations, it's often really easy to forget about the faith part. Mm -hmm. I mean, that sounds crazy Mm -hmm. because you're doing it for the gospel, but we all need to be ministered to and live on purpose for Christ in our workplace. And so sometimes it's easy to forget that part and not exercise that part because you just kind of assume that, you know, everybody's being ministered to by their, by the very fact that they're here. (laughs) And that may not be the case. Mm. And it was really a gift from God for you to have that perspective Mm -hmm. too, because I wasted life just like Tony talked about. I was 40 years old. So I realized that God really cared about my work. I didn't have to be a pastor or a missionary to make an impact. Mm -hmm. Uh, that that I could be a minister to my own people, a shepherd of my own people. I could be a pastor to my own people. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you were really given a gift, Whitney. That's fantastic. L- let's talk about call on your life and, and how that led to you being here at C12. So let's just start with you, Tony. Okay. You know, if you were to describe the call on your life, how does I would like you to describe that and how that relates to you taking the job here at C12 as field consultant. Sure. I... Um... Uh, you know, I've, it's been a little bit of an interesting path for me as well, as Whitney was saying um, in her story. Uh, most of my career, I have chased um, my father's success. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, really through uh, in thinking that that was my identity as well in the, in the workplace. And uh, so I really had two complete silos through most of my career. I had, I had a, a business silo that I chased and I had a ministry silo Mm -hmm. and um, it wasn't until just recently um, when I had that experience and that epiphany that, that actually you could do both and then, Mm -hmm. and that you could actually overlap the two of those that um, helped me realize what my actually calling was. And uh, in hindsight, I can see where the Lord really worked me through um, uh, challenges. He seasoned me in, in different elements of, of my job. Uh, I went through opportunities where I experienced layoffs and huge growth spurts in businesses, mm-hmm. uh, working with people only to see that my, my true desire and calling is to, is to focus on, on him in an eternal perspective. So how does that play into your life as a C, uh, working here at C12 as a field consultant? You're going out in the field. You're working with C12 chairs across the country. How does, that, how does your call fit into your to, to your job here at C12. Sure. Uh, well, most of my career um, is in business, and uh, I have a, a passion uh, for for business operations. And um, and in my role with the guys out in the field, my job is to focus on their their individual operations. I've got a, a lean operations background through college, and so lean processes. I'm I'm a little on the nerd side there. And so it was a good lead-in for me, I think, to really take that opportunity and objectively be able to look at operations out in the field and work with these guys to try and grow their practices. Hmm. So, Whitney, tell us about your role here at C12 um, National Headquarters and how you've seen your calling fit into that. So my role is marketing coordinator. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's 
been interesting. It started with a little bit more of the coordination side of project management, um, and it's slowly kind of adapting as we go, which is fun. Um, so it's a lot more external communication um, of you know newsletters and things like that. But we also have a customer advocacy um, program that we've started, and so basically all that that is is the opportunity to equip and empower our members. Um, to our, our motto is inspire, amplify, and transform. We want to inspire them to share the mission of C12. We want to amplify their voices, and we want to transform the world around them. Um, so that's our purpose with the ambassador program. So um, that's my primary role is, is doing that, um, and so kind of helping equip our members to do that. Um, I think within the purpose piece of that, it's it's pretty easy to see that as far as um, we want to to make sure that our members have everything that they need to share C12 because as great as what the work that we're doing here at the uh, headquarters, we can't do it without, you know, advancing that beyond right. this, the reach of us and our chairs. I mean, if we want this to grow beyond 2000 people, we've really got to enlist and empower our members to mm-hmm. advance that mission with us. All right. We've got uh, three people in the, we've got three C12 group headquarters employees in the studio with us we have tony tibbett he's a field consultant he's already told you a little bit about what he does but really not too much we're going to get back to him on that one he needs to clarify some stuff we got whitney hooper she's talking about what her role is but really not much we didn't really get these guys to tell them what they were really doing they just said their titles so but we're going to hit vince williams first because he's the newest guy on the, the headquarters staff he's been here just under 90 days. So we're going to ask really tough questions because his probation's coming up next week so just in case <laughs> no but seriously vince how did you see the call on your life match up with why are you here as yeah. a C12? I mean, because you wouldn't have taken the job if it didn't match up, and Mike Sherrill wouldn't have hired you if it didn't match up. Yeah, that's a great question. I think um, part of that is still being discovered, still being um, revealed. Um, but I think there were some, obviously, um, my heart is for the kingdom. My heart is to see the mission advance and, and recognizing what our mission here is um, resonated deeply with me. Um, graduating you know in may and looking for jobs um nothing was immediately available um just the way that the lord ordered my steps and cleared you know obstacles and kind of just said well this is the one you know that that i've that i've opened for you and so um this is the direction that i've i've walked in and so my my role here um is a support is support specialist and so i get to uh, be like the first line of reception for uh, issues or concerns or questions that uh, chairs may have um, as they do uh, their ministry out in the in, in the field and they lead their um, their meetings and things like that. And so my I, I, I connect because one of my spiritual gifts is helping. And so I love to be able to help them uh, remove obstacles uh, to be able to do their work, but also just really be able to help uh, connect them uh, to resources and, and tools and everything that we have available to make sure that they're able to be successful um, at, at what they do. And so um, I get a sense of fulfillment out of the, in that. And so um, it, it is it's really an opportunity for me to continue to grow in those in the giftings that I have and and really connect with with the mission. Tony, you... Wait, you didn't ask him the I'm not asking question. him that question. He's on probation still. <laughs> <laughs> Had you thought of anything you'd want to share? <laughs> no. <laughs> not at not no. this no. point in time. I wow. like my job. No. Who saying. just threw down the gauntlet, Jim or Martha? <laughs> well, you know, our listeners, I'm thinking about you. You know, you made it. Well, I mean, it's true. Well, let me just ask this question. Is C12 Group perfect here at the headquarters? Is it perfect? No, right, right. Clearly, it's not perfect. We have We have opportunities to grow and um do you we, feel like if you had an opinion that you'd be heard 
Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And, and that's really what I wanted to get at. I mean, yeah. we're, I mean, we're not here to nitpick at all because C12 Group is making a huge impact across the country, as yeah. I shared yesterday with with you guys. I mean, it, it's making a huge impact. I want to talk about the the core values, Tony Tibbet. The core values for C12. What what are they? Um, we've got six okay. of the core values. The first uh, is results matter. And if I could share maybe the tagline that goes along with them. Okay, go ahead. Uh, God measures results, and so should we. Uh, our second is gratitude. Uh, and with that, we embrace our calling in light of God's grace with thanksgiving. Uh, our third is pressing on. Uh, we operate with a zeal for God's best in all things, uh, never settling, coaching, or, or quitting. Uh, camaraderie. Uh, we joyfully serve a cadre, embracing God's calling to uh, unite in Christ. Uh, humility is our fifth, and that's the desire for God's best uh, in anything and everything we do in learning and correction. And then uh, a beam of mindset, which holistically is that we operate as stewards with an eternal accountability in everything that we do and looking at that kingdom mindset. And there's a lot of people that are going to go, mm, Bema, what are you talking about? Go ahead. Tell us what that is. So the Bema seat of Christ is um, at the final judgment when we are looking at and being judged by the actions and the uh, service that we had for him in this life. And if we were healthy uh, ambassadors for him and uh, uh, the Bema seat uh, kind of as a, a saying for us internally is, are we doing things as an organization that matters mm. uh, eternally and not just uh, temporal? Hmm. Uh, it's, it's a great, great explanation, too. And it, the beam of judgment seat is for the Christ followers. Mm -hmm. It's what do we do with what we've been it given. Mm -hmm. uh, and and that's, that's a powerful thing. All right. So, Whitney, let me just ask you this question. How many years have you worked here at C12 now? I've been here about nine months. Nine months. Okay. Mm -hmm. Did you have any jobs before you came here? I've had several. You've had several jobs. I'm a okay. millennial. It's what I do. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, Mike Sherrill to the collection. Okay, so seriously, what? Um, compare your work environment here at C12 Group versus your last work environment. How? How are compare and contrast? Yeah, that's a really interesting comparison. Um, I was working for um, up in Austin for a marketing firm. Um, loved the people that I got to work with, but, um, most of them were not saved. Um, and if they were, were not vocal about their faith and not really living it out. Um, so there were a lot of challenges within that of, um, really conflicting, um, ethical boundaries even, um, and, and kind of being mm -hmm. pushed some, um, mm -hmm. to make compromises. And so that was really uncomfortable within that. Um, so really learning to, you know, what, what there again, what are my boundaries, right? Like what am, what am I comfortable with? And then being able to be that example to go, you know what, that's beyond what I'm comfortable doing. And no, I won't. Um, so I'm not asked to do that here and I love it. <laughs> Instead I'm empowered to, you know, really live out my faith and be on mission here. And so it's a really different and encouraging environment and being surrounded by other believers. I mean, we're, we pray every morning together. We lift up um, people in our networks, in our cadre. Um, and so just continuously having that mission in front of us is, is huge. How do you guys feel that, okay, you know, five languages of appreciation in the workplace. I, I know that uh, your great leader, Mike Shero, has read that book. How do you guys feel appreciated here at work? How, how do they show you that you're appreciated? Vince, you first. You're, you're the newest guy. How are they showing you as a new guy that you're appreciated? Yeah. Um, 
of several ways, many ways. One, I think when I first got here, I was very impressed with just the setup. I mean, you get all kinds of just goodies, you know, um, cups and name, name tags and yeah, I don't know, all kinds of just That's swag. Yeah. Kidding? <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> true, but uh, so, some of it is that. Yes. But, it, but it just makes you feel yeah. valued. You know, it just makes right. you feel like we want you to be here. We appreciate you. But along the way, you know, um, we have staff meetings where there's kudos always being given. It's uh, what what has been done. What have you done that has reflected uh, your impact um, while being here? And there's always consideration of that going along the way. Um, and then there's just surprises throughout the throughout the uh, week. You know, uh, one coworker may just write a little note that says, I'm, I'm glad you're here kind of thing. And that's mm-hmm. been um, those moments where you don't really expect things and you're surprised by just the kindness and grace of, of, of the environment. So, Tony, you do a lot of traveling, right? I do. So how, when you're gone, I mean, it's, it's often hard when you're disconnected from the headquarters, especially if that's where you work. How do you, how, did, how does appreciation get expressed to you for the job that you're doing? Well, I think for me, it's um, maybe a little different. Um, there's definitely the objective things that, that Vince was speaking to. For me, it's more of a uh, maybe subjective. It's around the, the culture and the environment. I think um, you know we all realize that as a group, we make mistakes. Um, however, I think there's just an overarching thread of us, um, you know, really weaving a kingdom-focused idea into everything that we we are we try to live out our, our mission, vision, and values, mm-hmm. and uh, we, and then with that comes uh, a culture that allows us to make mistakes and be okay with it. Um, and so, for me, I feel that whether I'm here or if I'm in the field, it's something we also try to establish in our in our cadre in the field as well. well. What's the most fun about the traveling that you get to do? I mean, how many different C12 groups in the, around the country have you gotten to visit so far? Uh, so I'll rewind the question a little bit. Uh, we have seven regions. Who shows this? Wait a minute. I don't, even, I don't, know. <laughs> I don't really like the way you ask that question, Jim. <laughs> more the way that I'm comfortable answering. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm definitely going to answer the question. So uh, we have about 100 chairs, okay. uh, both associate and managing chairs across the country, and it's split up into seven regions, and I have three of those seven. Mm-hmm. Um, and of those three, I have around 60 overall associate managing chairs that I visit and this year. This year, I've been primarily focused on the managing chairs. And uh, to that, um, I've got around 35, I believe, somewhere on in there. And uh, uh, my, my schedule usually corresponds with their all-day peer advisory groups, which happen on the second and third weeks of each month. And so that's usually when I'm out. Wow. Okay. And what's the, what's the biggest fun about that travel? Um, I think the biggest fun of it isn't necessarily the traveling itself. No, that's annoying. I, I can get I can get somewhat uh, you know acclimated with the with the airports, but um, what I really enjoy is just being a, a part of that meeting experience um, when I'm out there at the destination and just seeing God work through the members. Um, as well as just having that opportunity to break away from the scene for a little while mm-hmm. and work with the chairs, eat dinner with them and their spouses, and really understand what makes them tick. Hmm. Well, what's the greatest story you've heard? I'd obviously, keep names private, but what's the greatest story you've heard, kingdom story you've heard when you've been out there uh, uh, experiencing those groups? Um, well, I've heard, I've heard quite a few stories. I think the ones that, for me, are usually the more impactful are the ones that um, 
the chairs are moved by um, spiritual growth in their members and are in their members' families where they are maybe at a tipping point of a marriage uh, going to the rocks and uh, turning around because mm -hmm. of the influence that uh, not only just the chair has, but the, the members around the table all encourage as well. Mm -hmm. For sure. So Whitney, let's talk. Um, we were just talking about the core values of C12. And one of them, um, we got to experience when we were here in the office yesterday, and that's camaraderie. So let, you know, just how did yesterday and what you guys did build into the culture that you have here at C12? Sure. So um, I think what you're referring to is we have our monthly uh, staff meetings. And so we do lunch together. And um, generally, we either go through kind of like our balance wheel um, or we have questions over lunch that kind of just help us build into that camaraderie, mm -hmm. asking one another questions and just talking about things. Like one of the questions yesterday was, what's the goofiest Halloween yeah. costume you've ever had? You know, mm -hmm. so just the fun opportunity to build into that. Um, we've also have like, I, I love to say we have a high performing culture, but in order to sustain that, you have to have playtime. Um, and I love that our exec team really invest in that opportunity. So we've had a couple of different retreats um, to get to do that. Um, and then she left out the best part, the chili cook-off. We'll be right back with more from C12 <laughs> Group's headquarters right here in San Antonio, Texas. We're right here at the World Intergalactic Headquarters of the C12 Group right here. And we've got three C12 Group employees in the studio with us. And we're just asking them honest questions about why are they here? What are they experiencing? What are they seeing? And how do they feel about being part of a Kingdom of God movement uh, out here in the marketplace all over the United States of America? And Whitney, right before the break, sorry, you were talking about really cool monthly meetings you have where you get to really just be transparent with each other learn fun things about each other but there was food involved <laughs> and, and, well she did say that it starts with lunch together it, it, it but, does yeah, but we actually got to experience a chili cook-off so. a texas-sized chili cook-off which was with jalapeno corn muffins which was fantastic i love that which was your favorite the second one, which actually was my office mate's mm. chili. I was oh, didn't know that, but yeah, it was, it was really good. Yeah. All right. <laughs> let's just let's just let's just go around the room really quick as we talk with uh, Tony Tibbet, Whitney Hooper, and Vince Williams. What is your what's a favorite part about working here, Whitney? That's a great question. I think it's definitely the impact. Um, mm. I think the opportunity to um, know that our work has purpose mm. and that we're empowering other leaders to live that out and knowing that their reach extends to their own employees and their customers and their vendors. And so the reach of this mission is not just those that we touch, but so much wider than that. Vince, what about you? You're the newest guy. You're the rookie. What's the funnest part so far about working here? Part of it is, is the culture. I think I've never worked for an, an environment where um, it is so about um, your relationships that you have with one another and the uh, relationship that you have with the Lord and that just being reinforced um, throughout each individual relationship, but um, just constantly having that um, environment. Um, and so that's been really, really neat to be in a distinct environment that says we want you to flourish. We want you um, to uh, have God's stories, you know, mm -hmm. that aren't just work related to, you know, um, what's going on in your life where you're experiencing God, uh, moving and doing different things. And so we have opportunities to connect on those levels as well. And so it's been really neat. Have you gotten to get out to a chair group yet? I mean, I haven't. No, not yet. Whitney, what about you? Have you been to a group? I've been to a key player group. You've been to a key player group. Okay. So you guys kind of get out there and experience mm -hmm. it because it's pretty powerful. Tony, Tim, what about you? What's the, what's the, what's the most fun thing that you've experienced here so far at, at C12? Sure. You know, I think in my year plus, 
or so I've just really become very humbled uh, with John 3.30, which basically says, for him to be greater, we must be weaker. Mm. And um, I think for me to see men and women who own businesses realize that it's not their businesses, but it's but it's, it's God's business for them to steward puts a completely different uh, spin on the way that they focus on um, their people. And, uh, and I've seen that just change, completely change business businesses for the better. Mm. Mm, that's great. So, you know, one of the things that our listeners really get to do is kind of peek behind the window, behind the curtain and just get a little bit of a picture of what it is like to be in this environment working here. And you were talking about the staff meeting yesterday and you guys actually use some of the C12 materials in your own environment. Um, tell us, tell me a little bit about that and how you're able to take what you're learning, actually learning in your work um, from C12 and applying it in your own life. Vince. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sure, I can do that. I, to, I do have to think about it a little bit, but... Okay, uh, then we'll, give it to, we'll give it to, go to Whitney first then. Yeah. <laughs> Did you see my face a minute ago? Yeah, <laughs> I didn't think I'm not with you. Um, you know, we... We are very intentional um, during our our uh, Monday morning scrum meetings that we um, have a devotional as a team. Mm-hmm. And so we often use the um, material from the devotional that we're using with our members mm-hmm. as a staff as well. And so we really get to dig into those things, which I think brings the material even more to life for us. Um, and then I think just knowing that we're living out those things here you know, Mike's really intentional. And so is our executive team about, um, whatever we tell our members, we want to make sure that we're living out and doing as well. Um, so there's an accountability piece within that, that our own team is held to, which I really appreciate. Mm, That's good. Vince, did you learn anything from her that you could, you know, (laughs) I would, I would basically just be reiterating what she, she said. So what she said, that works for you. Yeah. Okay. That's good. That's good. All right. Tony Tibbet, what for you? You can't see, you can't use that, whatever she said. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Although I would agree with her. You know, I feel that, uh, first off, I, I would agree. I think we do have a, a pretty wide breadth of material and, and resources and so forth. And uh, they are designed for businesses. But I think when you, when you really start dissecting what a business is and, and, and all the noise goes away, it boils down to people. You know, people are whole, mm, which means that everything that we do, all of our curriculum, all of our material, um, cannot just impact one element of a person. And so, uh, you know, the way that our curriculum is designed, it's intentional around making sure that we address all the different segments of a person in their, in their whole life. So we have a devotion segment, we have a ministry segment, we have a business segment, and all three of those obviously work together, uh, for the, you know, for the growth of that person. Um, and we try to live that out as well here. Uh, like Whitney was saying, we use the segments regularly in our own devotions as a team. You know, I think then, um, you know, just encouraging our listeners that, you know, of course you may not have all this material from a a program that you're doing, but there are things out there that can be done in the workplace to be intentional and to have impact and to, to help employees move along in that journey. So I just want to encourage them to, to look at what that might be. And, um, so with that in mind, let's talk about the impact, um, with, with working here, um, Tony, let's start with you. What is one of the most impactful things that you've learned while you've been working here at C12? Um, I think I've learned that, um, get back to me on that one. <laughs> okay. Whitney, Whitney, what about you? Something there are impactful. So many things because Mike Shero is mm-hmm. 
brilliant and so in tune with the Lord. I feel like I'm constantly taking little nuggets away. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as the, the job itself, I think for me, having that ministry background, like I know that ministry is real and alive, but sometimes forgetting that it's so much bigger than sometimes we realize it is and and thinking it's more confined to the churches. So to really see this movement Mm -hmm. happening, um, I think has, it's been really impactful and empowering of like, this isn't Christianity isn't on its way out. In fact, it's, it's really ramping up for something really great in the marketplace. Amen. Amen. Vince, how about for you? Sure. Um, like like Whitney said, I think just being sometimes just around um, the leaders, mm-hmm. um, they just drop things every now and then, and you're like, that is really, you know, really interesting or, or really valuable to hold on to. Um, I think one of the things that has I've just connected with just more recently is just the um, overall impact, um, just the idea that um, ministry is not limited by your uh, vocation per se. Like you, we have an opportunity that no matter what field we are in, we can connect and we can influence and we can make disciples. And I, I feel like obviously our, our mission is more particularly focused towards that, but just seeing how we have leveraged our business to say, it's not just uh, a business for the sake of, of profit, and, and anything like that or revenue, but it's, it's for the impacting of, of particular lives and, and hearing the stories of how that's really happening and lives are being changed. Um, you know, I mean, that's incredible. Wow. Yeah. Very good. So Tony, back to you. Most impactful thing you've learned here working at C12. Uh, yep. I think, um, as, as Vincent was saying, I think, you know, we really have to look at the perspective of us moving from, working and focusing on temporal things and moving more to the eternal things. And as I was saying earlier, um, around John three thirty, where he becomes greater and we become less. Um, I think seeing, uh, the Lord work through us and allowing us to be part of that, uh, plan for him mm-hmm. is, uh, just humbling and gratifying. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's just go around the room. Why should somebody join a C12 group? Based on what you guys, none of you lead a C12 group. None of you, mm-hmm. uh, you, you all get paid because there are C12 <laughs> groups out there. But why, based on your perspective, why should somebody join a C12 group? Vince, you're the rookie. Why? <laughs> yeah. Um, I think it's, I think it's incredibly valuable for anybody, um, you know, business owner who wants to grow personally and professionally, I think there's no better place. Um, if you are a Christian, if you are a believer in God, it's no better place to have than a round table of other uh, business leaders who want to help uh, walk alongside you in your both prof- uh, professional and personal growth. Awesome. Tony? Uh, very similar. I think um, a lot of times I'll hear this statement from chairs and members in the field that um, it gets lonely at the top. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, they often don't know where to turn. And so for us, it's being available and uh, uh, having that roundtable opportunity, that peer advisory group, in order to um, hold them accountable. Whitney, there. 10 seconds. Why should somebody join a C12 group? I think they've kind of nailed it already, just as far as um, one of our most recent curriculum segments was a case study on um, really being able to um, experience that, that consulting piece with like-minded peers and being, having them pour into your business and challenge the way that you think, Mm -hmm. um, and holding you to that standard. So the accountability piece I think is, is incredible. 
Whitney Hooper, Tony Tibbet, and Vincent Williams, or Vince Williams. Thank you guys all for being on iWork Room today. Yeah, thanks Thank for you. having us. It was great. You guys did a great job. You've been listening to iWork Room with your host, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers. Our workplace is our mission field, but ultimately, I, I work, work for him. him.